and welcome to Crafting Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, Crafting Crime. Mm -hmm. Like every episode. So we are recording, <clears throat> and it's going to be hot all month. Um, I know. But we're recording in October, but this episode comes out the week before Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. So, I know. I'm ready for Thanksgiving. We were just talking about what we're going to do. I really liked being able to stay home. Uh, last year we hosted Thanksgiving, but it was like, it was chaos because your parents were out and, and yeah. we had some friends um, that came over and family and, mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that again. I yeah. really want a chill. Just quiet. Low, Everyone fits at one quiet. table. Yes. So <laughs> my mom was asking me, oh, are we doing Thanksgiving? Are you hosting again? And I was like, yeah, but it's just, us like I, do, I don't want to have everybody mm -hmm. um if anything like um you know Jack's dad and Sarah can come and you know say hi to the kids on turkey day and mm -hmm. stay if they want to but you know Sarah's daughter always does yeah the she whole, does the whole thing too whole thing so it might just be like don't worry about it come over the next day and we'll do it so um yeah I'm gonna host Thanksgiving again it's just you know with four kids it's a lot to get them all ready so it is and same thing with the holidays we usually do <clears throat> christmas eve at my mom's and then christmas day at ours because my kids don't want to leave the house on christmas day <laughs> with all uh, their yeah, toys they're and looking all their right stuff. at the stuff or like what we've tended to do <laughs> everybody parent tip is that if you've got to go somewhere, save a couple presents because then it's like, well, when you go home, you still have like, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's always what I do just because like at my in-laws house, it is all the girls typically are together mm -hmm. for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so definitely it's harder to get her to leave. So it's like, okay, well, because like whatever's in the morning, mm -hmm. we're just like getting ready. We're going over and then... Um, so yeah, I'm always, I always leave. A oh, couple things mine behind. would be opposite because my kids are the only kids, and yeah. they would just want beg me to go home because <laughs> we got gifts at home. That's so, true. Yeah, That's we don't. True. Yeah, my kids are the only grant. Well, not anymore because you know both my stepbrother and yeah. stepsister um, are having kids now, but I'm my brothers aren't having kids, and so it's just I had all the grandkids, mm -hmm. and we did too. Yeah, so Troy was like only grandkid until Avery came along and so it was just the two of them I mean it really was all mm -hmm. four of my kids were the only grandkids for my parents until yeah. um, Spencer and his wife had um, mm. a baby and they have a second baby now yay yeah so yeah so holidays around here it's kind of low key and I like it that way I like that too because I have already dealt with all the stress of wrapping everything although last year i know it's funny it's oh right before turkey day but i'm like talk about christmas um i have way more it, preparations for christmas than i do for thanksgiving yeah <laughs> exactly i'm so, super fortunate and we tend to always get our turkey for free for my husband's work yeah anyway. same with us they usually give like the voucher for turkey so. and if there's extras i'll make sure we get them yeah <laughs> we had three turkeys last year because yes, then we used the one when sandra was here yeah which is a turkey fun. day that was fun <laughs> but yeah for um no, I forgot what I was saying about Christmas. But Sorry. No, it's fine. It's our brains just don't <laughs> just staying work at home, hanging out. Yeah. Oh, wrapping. Um, last year was oh, yeah. so much more fun wrapping because we did it together. Oh, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> we like really lock fun. ourselves in the room uh -huh. and put something on the TV and wrap. 
and talk and rap. And then I would go over yeah. to your house and help you rap. But I have twice the amount of people that you do to rap for because yeah. I've got four kids <laughs> to rap for and you just have the girls. So yeah. yeah, because typically like for our nieces, we get like, it's a gift card. Yeah. Usually that's what they are asking for. Like, you know, teenagers now. So yeah, it's usually gift cards. And But what I'll do is I love Five Below. And yeah. um, I did that I, for Easter. I don't even have Five Below in Oregon. So like when oh, I'm yeah, talking about, about it, but it's online. So if you don't have a Five Below in your area and you live in the United States, you can order stuff online. And um, they have like the Below Five spot, which is like seven, eight, ten dollars. Mm-hmm. But really, it's super affordable. And I wear, it's where I get all the girls skincare. It's where I got Troy and Avery skincare. Yeah. The little things I gave them last year. I think I gave them like pore strips and face scrub. Yeah. And little things like well, that. and then like, for Easter, we both did all the outside stuff. Yeah. And that was the best Easter ever. Even though Lenore got like a fucking second degree sunburn. She was so The poor baby. She got sick for like three days. And her shoulders blistered. It was so hot on Easter. It was really hot. But it It was was like the hottest day it had been yet. The kids got to play in the sprinkler. Yes. And they were all in bathing suits and that Mm -hmm. Lenore. And Lenore even had a hat on. Yeah. It was I don't think we did a lot of sunscreen though. I don't think but we did that all. That's when our yeah, <laughs> the fence was Probably down. Not. Yeah, the fence was down. I want it down again. We need to do that. This that's our thing. It's part of our honeydew list for the backyard for the winter. Fall, now that winter. it's cool, mm-hmm. so that we can like plan it and like, oh, we mm, kind of messed it up. Put this part back. Let's yeah. do this again when we're not in the sun. We totally. I already have ideas for how to make that into a door but i mean you'd have to like duck down to get you know through the the beams yeah but um thankfully he screwed in all of them instead of um nailing them so we just have to unscrew all the things Mm and yeah and keep the boards in the garage well no i was thinking of using the boards oh getting a thin board to Mm -hmm. um on the top and the bottom where the where the beams would be and mm. and then screwing the panels back into that so it looks like a fence but then you go you know, oh okay like with the, the only thing that i'm worried about is someone's gonna break a leg and it's not gonna be one but of we, us can, we have to do we have to do it that be, way because that's be the structure kid. of this fence we could it's just you gotta step through we could drill it through and then just saw that part off and replace it with no the fence will fall again no, if we just disconnect that one part and put these two pieces, it's still going to hold it. It's oh, still connected I don't know. to posts. Right, we, uh, um. <laughs> it's really going to be I'll figure fine. it out. Jack will figure it out. What's going to happen is somebody drunk is going to trip. That's what I'm insinuating. Someone's going to get drunk and they're going to trip over it and hurt yeah. themselves. And it's we not going to be any of us. Yeah. Too, <laughs> we know too bad we have be. the dogs that would pee on it. Otherwise, like when we'd open it and the guys are going back and forth, just put a mattress on either side. <laughs> like, pull on oh the air my mattress. God. We'll put like inflatable donuts. <laughs> yeah. Pool. Oh, we'll just make like pool noodles and tape them together, and, and like so. Then we just take it up because <laughs> then it could get wet. Yeah, so we could leave it outside. We pee on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the dogs to pee on. Sorry, guys. Kind of threw you under the bus there. <laughs> we're just talking to each other. Seriously, uh, we are. These are these are our plans. I forgot because, you all were listening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Easter was a lot of fun because mm-hmm. the gate was down the kids just played outside all day because we did five below stuff and it was like yeah the which we still have up in your backyard the badminton and mm-hmm. um oh, oh, skip it's one of them's on my roof like, no i don't think it is anymore it's in my backyard i think no some, there's a skip it on my roof oh there's the one bell. in my backyard all like the balls deflated like somebody popped yeah. it or something yeah no i have a skip it a dog bone and something else up there <laughs> that's funny yeah, so the only way it feels like fall here is when the breeze comes mm-hmm. and all the dead leaves are falling off the roof. Yes. It's pretty though. I it know. only wasn't ninety nine freaking degrees. Yeah, 
my I have a big tree in my front yard and it's starting to drop all its leaves and it's a pain oh because God. they're big leaves. It's a mulberry tree and mulberry leaves are really big. And so it just it's a crinkle yeah. paper. We have those stupid like and you guys do too, but I have you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you, me? you, yeah, over okay. there, you. Like who the listeners? We, <laughs> we, we have these trees, and I have no idea what they are, and they drop these tiny little pods, seed pods mm, that yeah. look. They are so tiny. The little seed pod is the size and texture of a cherry blossom petal. Mm-hmm. They're so small, and so the thing that and they just look like little tiny leaves. You and I go through. Yes, they do. It's like they're all cute. Until it's fall and you have 9,000 in your house. Because mm-hmm. even if you take off your shoes at the front door, they, they get dried in. out and they blow in everywhere. They're still mm-hmm. in my garage from last year. Yeah. They're the bane of our existence. It's the like, I'd rather rake leaves. Yeah. <laughs> That's what made my um, nugget couches look torn up. Oh, yeah. Um, you like, ratchet ass those are, I know. I'm like, those are um, leaves. I'll take them for 150 <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh. I hope okay. she hears this somehow. I know. That's rude. No, people who rude. are so demanding. I'll take it for this. I'll take it off of your hands for Not like, I'm like, hey. um, that is like, because I, that's, mm-hmm. I would take 400 for both. But yeah. Yeah. People, just, Facebook so Marketplace rude. sucks sometimes. I know. Yeah. I'd Ow. be like, hey, is that damaged? And or if it is damaged, could I possibly get it for like 150 instead, please? Yeah. No. Really? And it was... Yeah, yeah. care. I've just learned to ignore it. I know so you I were literally, literally said, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't like, even notice no. it right away because I was like the audacity of I'll take them. Yeah, they look a and little beat I up. Can I get some more pictures? I'll take mm-hmm. them for one fifty, and I'm like, no. Yeah, and I just ignored her, and and then I took them off because I was like, I'm still on the fence about getting rid of them. They're mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, they're yeah. the nugget couches, the big like. If you don't know what it is, just look up nugget couch, and they're like for the kids, and they could build forts and stuff. And and now they have a bunch of like knockoffs, but that was the first yeah, one that they, came out. That was the like, f- nice foam. Mm-hmm. And um, imagine I had to like wait big building the- blocks that are furniture. Yeah, it's like big. You can make it into a couch, which we did in the living room when we had um a space there. We put it mm-hmm. out there, and then we put them in the kids' rooms, and so now they don't really have a room. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but yeah. Anyways. <laughs> okay. So sorry for rambling about, wow, we really went all over the place. It wasn't chickens. It was turkeys. <laughs> Turkey day. <laughs> Speaking of, somebody in our uh, chicken group was like, hey, I know this isn't for chickens, but they were talking about chicken. And I found out something insane. Now, I'm not talking like your grocery store. It's free range. Uh-huh. This person um, no judgment. I just think it's crazy because of food prices and stuff. She had like pre-ordered a special like if you and I how to farm how we would uh-huh. treat turkeys. And it was like $150 or something. Yeah. They had a turkey <gasps> a few years ago at the feed store. It was huge. And, I, and it was like. Was it in price. a fridge? Like how No. Were they a doing? live turkey. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like kill it and process it yourself. Yeah. It was like $150. It was around Thanksgiving times. Like times. more? Yeah. I think it was like 100 or 150 That thing was huge. That's bananas. Are they always a boy or are they girls? I don't know. Probably females with their big giant boobs. Did you know Disneyland friends. Disneyland turkey legs are all boys? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember I was watching this thing on YouTube and they were um, a fair. It was like a Texas, one of the Texas state fairs. Mm-hmm. And they were, the person was really happy because they were like, yeah, the turkey legs we get are the same ones that Disney World uses. Yep. And the host was like, no way, what? And they were like, yeah, it's the same exact distributor. Yep. So that's so they have much bigger legs, I'm guessing, than the yeah, females the do because females must have a larger, the meat's different, darker, too, darker, that and, more flavorful. Yeah, 
so, hammy. That's so weird how it like <laughs> tastes like ham. It is, but the smoke. man, they're good. They're I remember so well, we used to have Disneyland passes and we would, we've only done it a couple times because it's like you're walking around with a big greasy turkey leg. It's, they're so sticky. Yes, but well, <laughs> you know, you go through like 500 napkins and, mm-hmm. um, and I got one and just shared it with the kids one time and that was like lunch. Like, exactly because yeah. it's so big mm-hmm. it was like just I pass mom, around take a bite <laughs> i think my mom and lenore and i did the same thing like we were holding it and like picking off big giant chunks yeah. and like passing it down <laughs> yeah oh you oh, end I'm up ready being for turkey i'm ready for disneyland oh well I'm, i could i could do both <laughs> exactly we could do both at the same yeah. time okay well let's go on to the next segment of um, yeah. our podcast the actual we'll, craft part yeah the craft you know like in the name yeah <laughs> we always get there eventually yeah we do under 15 minutes pretty much a guarantee yeah. 15 minutes or less delivery of your podcast yeah. <laughs> um okay so what i mentioned to you earlier is that like so many of our cri- our crimes are connected well crafts. sorry our yeah. crafts are connected because obviously the materials and stuff mm-hmm. but this was just like a kind of a coincidence um, so what happened when we were recording a bit back was I made a mistake when we were supposed to be recording, like getting oh, yeah, our, yeah. our, um, Halloween episode. our research yeah, for Halloween. And so I had already started working on my not Halloween craft part and I was like, oh no. So it's hilarious because it totally goes back into something that I had mentioned in the Halloween episode. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> these things all are the same. I wonder if you can guess. Masks, beds, <laughs> pinatas, they are all made sometimes of the same material. Cotton? Paper mache. <laughs> just thinking of a cotton bed. I I'm know, a cotton off. bed. Bed? Paper mache bed. Paper mache. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> I know a mask. and Right? Yeah. But. Okay, so did you ever make a, pi- a pinata in school? They do the no. balloon. You don't inflate the balloon and cover it in newspaper. No. And then. Dang no. it. I didn't. No, we totally should I do them. I did other then. paper mache where yeah, it's like on paper. Pinata. Yeah. No. Oh, that's cute. Oh, we're going to have to do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't so. think so. I'm like, my memory's not that good. Yeah. This is what I associate paper mache with is I immediately think back to doing paper mache. We did, when I was a kid, we did <laughs> safety first. Our teacher had us bring in burnt out light bulbs and we oh. did, we did paper mache over the <laughs> light bulb. Stick a light bulb in your backpack, kid. Yep. We did paper mache over the light bulb and we sealed up the entire thing thing top to bottom and then we got to beat the living heck out of it break the light bulb inside maracas <laughs> oh my god that sounds horrible i know right that sounds so but dangerous. you just made it so thick and it was like monitored you so you made it so thick and then you were just like dunk, 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 and broke it inside and then i know i wow, know the 90s were wild <laughs> <laughs> throwback we did, we did the the egg drop the egg off the roof of the school yeah how you like would put it in the straws and yeah see if you and then you watch the principal breaking. stand up on the roof and toss them off That's yeah funny. we did that in elementary school yeah not my school made broken glass crafts <laughs> that was, wow <laughs> right was that in oregon <laughs> of course it was, <laughs> <laughs> was like, that explains a lot <laughs> okay so the words paper mache it's papier mache it's french and it actually means chewed paper Ew. yeah because it's mashed up Oh, okay. Yeah. And so historians believe that its origin is in China. Of course it was because mm-hmm. go back and listen and Chinese, the Chinese were the first to like really like mass manufacture paper and they had started the best mm-hmm. techniques. 
So go back and listen to my paper episode. Everybody. I was like, wait, you did paper. I did. Yeah. I've done a lot of paper. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because this had never occurred to me at all. And then we let me tell you, y'all, we have said it before, but sometimes these are just a struggle because, yeah. again, like we want to bring a bunch of aspects forward. But then there's like all kinds of different pieces into it. So yeah. it makes it so I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden just like it was paper mache. That was me with tie dye. <laughs> yeah. I was like. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I think eventually we'll end up with episodes where like, sorry, two crimes today. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on something else right now. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, sorry. So yeah, go back and read the paper. So read around, the paper. Read my paper. Read or no, watch listen. it. Listen to it. <laughs> sorry. Like, how can they read a podcast? You can read it. Work harder. <laughs> on YouTube with if the we subtitles. End up, if we eventually ever end up transcribing it. Well, didn't Crystal say it's on um, YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. It'll be transcribed. So you can read transcript. Boy, today's a day. <laughs> Um, okay, so the origin was in China around 200 BC because the paper was already being made and used the most. Mm-hmm. And the ancient Egyptians made and used paper mache. And it was a specific kind called cartonnage, which was the gluing of the papyrus, which I had explained how they made it. Uh-huh. And so they would glue papyrus with linen sheets and plasters and animal glues and they would um, stack it up that way and they could also be gilt and so the carta the cartonnage was used for their super highly decorated death masks so oh, like oh yeah, yeah the yeah. death masks you see in museums are paper mache essentially yeah but, okay. but also like it's paper mache made out of the those leaves which are similar to palm leaves mm-hmm. And then painted and decorated. And they, yeah. like, still exist. So okay. that's pretty cool. And um, I didn't break this down in here, but I can right now super quick. Not, like, really detailed. But it, w- I will mention animal glues. And it's, like, you remember Elmer's glue? Mm-hmm. Here in the United States, Elmer's glue, the um, logo is a cow. Because it used to be made, you know, with the collagen and stuff that's mm-hmm. from the byproduct of horses. You know, people make awful jokes about, like, glue factories. Yeah. It's because the collagen and the hooves and the stuff, it's ground up, cooked so the animal fat mm-hmm. turkey legs it's sticky yeah like, it's so sticky, sticky yeah. and so animal glues are used as well as the glues made from um paste as we know it too yeah. which is like ground flowers and stuff make uh-huh. the makes a paste of some kind okay so they did that in the ancient times now this is so amazing and i think this is so cool because china and japan both did this they realized that they could make sorry i found a video and i was like Mm -hmm. what paper mache was able to be made so strong that they made helmets and armor and these could like withstand arrow shots to it yes and so they would make super extra thick chest pieces it's thick and it's light because it's paper exactly and you know and their versions of paper as well was a lot of um, as it went through it was um they would do the rag based Mm -hmm. paper and so Mm -hmm. we're talking fibers all meshed together and beaten up and Mm -hmm. dried between layers of animal glue and paper and linen and stuff so Mm -hmm. they did bulk it up but yes it was cost effective it used old resources up and um yeah it was amazing and then the more i thought about it too like the closer your helmet is like tight to your head and not Mm -hmm. bouncing around around. you're gonna have less damage as well yeah i thought that was super cool um excuse me so as we go more into like the the renaissance and all these things it's all used the same exact way tibet Malaysia, Indonesia, um, India. Paper mache has been used because it could make really beautiful and highly decoratable mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
figurines for religious iconography like as always Mm -hmm. but another thing is that a lot of you know if you go to a craft store they'll have little paper mache boxes Mm -hmm. and just the little strength of those tiny little boxes so imagine if they're lacquered with oils and paints they're really solid Uh and so you know they have used um lacquered paper mache boxes as trinket holders like it's always been used as vessels yeah and um, so then as we come back to more modern times, they had started to use the paper mash and they would mold it around different um, like forms. So um, I'm trying to think of a way to make an example as like a, think of if you're going to make a pot. So they've already sculpted the pot or carved it out on a shape. So it's the mm-hmm. opposite relief of the th- the piece yeah and then they just pack it over uh-huh. and then they pop it out or yeah. vice versa depending on if uh-huh. they need a concave or convex surface so they would cast it around that um or into the mold as i said mm-hmm. to make a you know concave if you're going to make a decorative pot <laughs> mm-hmm. and they could make them waterproof which is just crazy that by, is weird because yeah. something is paper mm-hmm. it's going to yep. dissolve they but. coat it they would coat it in the lacquers that they used back then which again was melted down animal fats mm-hmm. mixed with rosins and saps and resins and mm-hmm. um and linseed oil was a product that was used before as well so they were mm. already squeezing stuff out of stuff yeah forever <laughs> <laughs> um and towards the end of the 17 the 1700s a man named Henry Clay, which is funny, Clay, yeah. the paper. Um, Henry Clay, he had kind of developed a new technique to utilize paper mache. So what he would do, he took 10 sheets of old linen rag paper. So a throwback in case you didn't want to or whatever. Linen rag paper is exactly like it sounds like. It's paper that was made out of old linen rags mm-hmm. and it's macerated down with water and bacteria to break up those natural fibers, mush them apart and then mash them all together mm-hmm. flat. So very tough paper. Yeah. So the he would take old linen. Again, we're recycling. Mm-hmm. He would take old linen rag papers and in between he would paint each layer. So top and bottom, setting them down together and stacked 10 up at a time with glue. And he would cook down animal fat and flour and water. So it was really tough. Yeah. And he would <clears throat> press it between... Um, a metal press, a (laughs) a metal press, Mm -hmm. and then it would dry. After that, he would take them, completely soak to whatever absorb, (laughs) whatever it could absorb still, Uh of linseed oil, and they would cook it at a thousand degrees. Whoa. Which is like, how's it not light on fire? So that's about 500, it's a little over 500 degrees Uh Celsius. Um, and that is just crazy. And it ended up becoming completely waterproof and it could be used like wood as what? building materials. That's cool. Yeah. So in 1816, Jennings and Betridge Company bought out Henry Clay's old shop and um, not it wasn't patented, but they were it came with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it came with his process already. Yeah. And so they expanded upon that and improved it. Because the Industrial Revolution is coming, so they had heavier machinery. So what they were able to do, they layered 120 sheets. Now, in our mind, that sounds like a lot, but that's still pretty thin. Yeah. How much? I'm like, dang it, I should have Googled how much paper was in a ream. Yeah. So I'm like, really, I think you're still talking only about like three quarters of an inch-ish. Mm-hmm. 
And so they would do the same exact process, layer the glue on top and bottom, smash them all together and press it. But this, they would take days and days to dry, Mm -hmm. but it was the exact same thing. But these were so strong that these panels were able to be made into furniture. What? (laughs) So here we come to. In the Victorian times, yeah, there is a term. um, I'm sorry, I don't, I did not look up. I don't think it's derogatory. It's just the way that they called what was really popular at the time was called Japanning, which was trying to copy that style over Mm -hmm. here because Mm -hmm. Japanese lacquer work was really, really popular, but there was a few things going on. First, it weighed a ton. Yeah. So to have it shipped over freighted, you had to be super rich. You could. Mm Mm-hmm. But between that, the problem was that the the weather of Japan is tropical. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, when those material, the wood that was carved would be brought over to Britain, it would split. Yeah. It, because it just couldn't handle the cold and the temperature changes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's damp and cold and humid. And then you'd have a fireplace. Yeah. Whatever. It's going to crack. And so it was just not, it was too expensive to take that kind of a risk. Yeah. So what they did. They were able to, they were so inspired by this. What they started doing was they would take those, these huge, massive pieces of the paper mache board that they had made, which is basically like a precursor to plywood. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. paper, not chips and sawdust. Mm -hmm. And they would, excuse me, they would steam treat it. And so by steam treating it, it would not resaturate the glue but it would make it pliable again Mm -hmm. so they would steam treat it and force it into shapes and when they force it into shapes they came out completely uniform instead of like this part has too much mash packed into it and that's going to be heavier denser and this part's too weak Mm -hmm. so this kind of the wood formation quote unquote sorry wood the these mold formations i'm sorry for this fake wood but the way that it was made this time is they would mix tar inside to create already a dark, really beautiful color. And then mm. after it was dried, they added more to the black surface. And this actually made it sticky and tacky. And mm-hmm. then they were able to add in the same bits of embellishments that looked like mother of pearl inlaid and mm-hmm. shells and gold gilding and designs. Mm-hmm. And then they would varnish over the top of it. And so it was ready. And then, but the same thing, it took so much time in between because these pieces had to cure while simultaneously also being massive yeah oh my tummy i swear (laughs) someone's gonna hear that okay so i'm totally gonna post it but i have to show you okay this is a paper mache bed what isn't that crazy it looks like a real bed if you hadn't said anything i wouldn't have known i would never have guessed and i just wonder how much it weighs (laughs) i want to know so bad i know it's like is it heavy yes is it lighter i think it's so crazy so i had no idea that was a thing I, know, I, I think paper mache and I think a mask like, like a yeah. Halloween mask you make from hand like uh-huh. silly yeah a pinatas paper mache yeah. and I think of those little trinket boxes that I've always kept crap in ever since I was little mm-hmm. and I mean they're strong and all they yeah. are is like steamed cardboard that mm-hmm. they shape but it's been binded together because you can even see the little fibery bits yeah so, yeah, I have just one more little thing because, again, like a lot of our crafts, it hasn't changed. It's been yeah. what it's been and it's exactly the same. Uh-huh. So 
1874, America had a law that changed and passed so that because before this, um, their paper currency was just burned and destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so they passed a law so that it could be used by paper mache companies, which is funny that they existed. (laughs) Paper mache companies for their pulp, but it could only be used for statues of famous Americans and American monuments at the time. But nowadays, you can buy pens that have, like, shredded up paper inside. Mm-hmm. You can buy all kinds of things like that. Like, recycled pencils where they, like, press the old paper just like that. They, like, press it all and they add glue binding with the, the it's not real lead anymore, but, you know, the pencil graphite through the mm-hmm. middle. I've seen all kinds of things. And I specifically remember when I was in Girl Scouts um, and we went to the Girl Scout store because we were, like, ordering our patches and stuff. I bought a pen and it was really big and it, it was pretty thick because it had to be. And mm-hmm. it was like, this has like a million dollars ground up in it. Mm, this so, is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> the only way it can be used now is in these funny things like this. It has to state that it's money and, you know, it's mm. discontinued money. But yeah, that was it. Wow. Paper mache furniture. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't even remember doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I probably did do paper mache, but it's not something that I really think about. I did more paper mache as an adult than I ever did mm-hmm. as a kid. But it was messy. I don't think a lot of teachers and parents want the glue, Elmer's glue finger uh-uh. newspaper. I don't I don't even let my kids have slime. We're a no slime household. I have a craft for, because, um, you know, like we're recording this. It's it's when it's releasing, it's already going to be uh-huh. after Halloween. So I have a craft still that we didn't do with the kids last year. Um that I'm like maybe we should just do it with the older kids and like okay you kids go next door for a second because it's going to be messy you have to make it's like an acetate sheet that um, has like a skull outlined in it and you take like a mix of glue and water you know Mm -hmm. and you like dip the little pre square no I don't even think they're pre-cut squares of tissue paper oh and it's to make like a like a stained glass yeah Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's all a skull Um, but I mean maybe we could have them like take a sponge and like dip the sponge on the thing and then lay the tissue I'm sure it'll be fine yeah because since yeah like we said we're recording (laughs) in October it's not Halloween where we yeah where we are recording but yeah I'm like it's a school day so Mm -hmm. it's like we could do a fun craft after school well, after school, meaning like we homeschool. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, uh-huh. and I have I have all the I have all the crafts, and so I have to keep. I'm like I have some I have enough for the kids to do everything we did last year, mm-hmm. and then I'm like oh, we, we do still that have like the paper making kits. We mm-hmm. still have like we have so much. I need to go through the closet because I got more school supplies, mm-hmm. and I need to put them away. So we got to get our crafts ready for the fall season which it's really fun to do the crafts like i did turkey hands with the kids yeah and i was like oh i didn't even theirs were so much cuter than mine too (laughs) yeah they were was like a straight up chicken and it was so funny and then lillian's was really good yeah they were so excited to show my mom (laughs) that's cute she had kept coloring more and more and more and i was like no 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 it's so cute yeah (laughs) she just kept adding more but it was really really yeah it was cute cute. i was on facetime with my mom and and i was telling her about the whole thing i was on hold with samsung forever and um for the fridge oh yeah um my shopper got everything okay (laughs) that's always nice it is and um and so she was like this is mine and this is lincoln's and this is elaine's mine was not good (laughs) oh you're so nice it's funny i honestly 100 percent. i told them i really meant it when i said it too i was like you're guys better than mine yeah but it's because i was telling i was telling them i was like okay now you have to do this and this but what they were doing i wasn't doing yeah (laughs) 
I know Lily really was really cute. it was it's, it's so good practice with like the lines yeah because I was like these have to be like also. a little scoopy line for mm-hmm. the feathers and then these have to be like diagonal lines so I was trying to do like the pin feather bit and then like the little because like turkeys have different colors of feathers yeah anyway okay <laughs> we talked <laughs> enough um how could you I know Stop my coughing. I breathed in hard <laughs> that's all you're I not did. allowed oh okay so i'm gonna bring it down so this is um the case of ina claire richardson Hmm. so on friday november 7th 2014 chess and this is in chestnut beach clarkson clarkston sorry washington okay so it's in washington clarkson you know it's like the beach a call comes in that a body was found. The victim was an elderly female in her late 60s, and she was actually found nude. Mm. She had contusions on her head and her wrists, like as if she was grabbed. And her fingernails were like all broken, which looked like she had put up some sort uh, of a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also had bruising around her neck. So initially detectives thought that she may have been strangled. She also didn't have any personal belongings with her. And another thing that detectives noticed was that her feet were completely clean, even though she was nude. So this showed that her body was most likely moved from where she was originally killed. Mm -hmm. Um, So carried so she wasn't walking to where she was found. Um, She was actually the first homicide victim that the town of Clarkson had seen in 14 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of you know well uncommon around here it happens a lot so just to think 14 years or no homicides and then this elderly woman was clearly there's murdered. probably one here right now i know <laughs> um so there's no leads for detectives to go off of um but they did get a little bit of a lead from a clerk at the um, police station he actually recognized the victim and the victim was identified as ina claire richardson she lived in Lewiston, Idaho, and this is actually right across the river from Clarkston, Washington. Oh, okay. So it's like mm-hmm. right there. That tip of the bit. Okay, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So um, she has a twin brother who lives in Santa Barbara, California. So kind of, oh, but, mm-hmm. you know, Southern California kind of. And he gets the call that his sister had been <laughs> murdered. Um, both her brother and his wife were obviously you know devastated with this mm-hmm. news and um they said you know i know is such an amazing person she actually dedicated a lot of her time to helping those less fortunate than her mm. she was a member of the salvation army church which i didn't even know that was a thing mm-hmm. um and she also helped out at the local soup kitchen mm. um so saturday november 8th 2014 this is the day after her body was found 56-year-old Jeff Smith sees the news, and he is actually one of Ina's friends. So he goes to the police station because he had contact with her just the night before her body was found. Mm. He said that he had seen her the night before at Albertsons because they were both shopping. And he said that she was wearing a blue raincoat and a white hat. And she was totally acting normal like her usual self. And he stated that Ina didn't drive and had actually asked him for a ride home. But he told her that he had rode his bike to the store, so he couldn't give her a ride home. So with this information, the detectives on the case, the detective on the case, Detective 
Mazinski, <laughs> so I worked hard on that name, um, decided to head over to Albertsons to look over the security footage mm-hmm. from when she was at the store. Yeah. So they're trying to see if there was anybody else that they, you know, maybe other witnesses that they could question if they saw her, you know, yeah, or talk to her. So detectives see her coming into the store with her white hat on, um, and she enters on the east side door, and she is wearing the blue raincoat just like she was described as wearing and so they know that obviously she was alive when she went entered the store yeah. so this guy's story you know checks out mm-hmm. and they look at the registers and they see her at the registers talking to a male which is the friend of hers mm-hmm. or whatever and he's wearing a yellow fluorescent like worker jacket like kind of like jack's worker vest but like oh, okay long sleeve like a jacket Duh. that's what a jacket is so <laughs> The person is instantly recognized as Jeff Smith, the guy who was like, oh, I just saw her at Albertsons the night before. Mm-hmm. So they can tell that his story about seeing her matches up and it kind of helps with, you know, they probably would never have known mm-hmm. uh, where her, her whereabouts if he wasn't like, oh, I just saw her. Yeah. You know, at literally yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they see that she then leaves the store with her cart at about 1042 p.m. And I'm like, that's kind of late, but that is late yeah. for a grocery store. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm not thinking like not driving she's, too. Yeah. So she's seen leaving and then Jeff walks away and it looks like they're both seen like saying bye. And then mm-hmm. Jeff is seen taking off on his bike from the parking lot. And he's grocery shopping late too on a bike. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, <laughs> who knows? He could have worked late. Yeah. And, yeah. That's but, true. um, yeah. So he takes off and, um, I'll put the show in the in the source notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is saying that he's like haunted by that because not giving her a ride. He didn't. If he had his. He car. didn't give you know get her a cab or make sure oh. that she got home safe. And I mean, as anybody would be if they were the last person to Hop see someone on the alive. Handlebars. Yeah, and yeah. um, and just to think at how like your actions might have changed the outcome. And I mean, I literally have a tattoo of like. You know, for mm-hmm. that same reason of like, what if I could have done something? What if I could have stopped them and they didn't, you know, wouldn't have died? Um, you know, so anyways, now the autopsy results have come in to the county coroner's office. Um, Ina died of strangulation and she had also been sexually assaulted. Hmm. Um, it appeared that her attacker had worn protection during his assault and detectives are looking through the footage at Albertsons to see, like, what happened to her during and after her shopping trip. Mm-hmm. And they see that she packs her bags in the store and then she is seen walking towards the exit. And now, like, nobody is seen following her or watching her. She left no problem. And then they change the cameras to the exterior doors mm-hmm. and they can see her outside the store. And she's just standing there as if, like, oh, maybe she's waiting for a ride. Mm-hmm. But then she waits there for a while and she walks away from the store. Now... She's 69 years old and yeah. she's walking alone and there's no footage of her after 11, 10 p.m. So she's walking home, you know. Mm-hmm. So detectives are looking over the footage from the store as well as the parking lot to see like if there's any cars. Is there anyone standing around watching her? And uh-huh. they did notice something in the parking lot of the grocery store. So as Ina was leaving the parking lot, there were headlights that could be seen close to where she was thought to have disappeared. Mm-hmm. And the driver of the car parked a little further back from the store than most shoppers would, you yeah. know, especially at that time of night, you'd probably go to the front of the parking I'd lot. I'd want to park uh, right under a lamppost. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it's okay, a little weird. So <laughs> the driver is seen on surveillance starting up their car, and this is on the east side of the parking lot, far away from the store, parked at a really weird angle so that the view of the front doors of Albertsons can be seen. So it's like the driver was just watching that entrance. Ugh, yeah. So when detectives go back in the footage to see when that car arrived and parked, they can see that the car parked around 1045. At this time, Ina's in the store packing up her groceries. Mm-hmm. They can see the car driving really slow out in front of the store. It just didn't you know, look right to de- detectives. This mm-hmm. is the only lead they have now. So yeah. they um, they really aren't even able to make out the car model or the plate number. But they were able to get an image of the driver on surveillance vo- footage. And they can mm-hmm. see that there's no passenger in the car. It's someone mm-hmm. by themselves. So they can see that the car in question is in the parking lot for 35 minutes. Nobody is seen getting in or out of the car during that time. They don't see any motion on that car at all. And the detectives knew there must be some sort of connection to the car because of, it's just, this is weird. This weird car, this old lady leaving. And so then at 11.20 p.m., just 11 minutes after Ina is last seen on footage, the car is seen leaving the parking lot. So Detective Mazinski knows the general direction that the car is heading. Mm -hmm. And he knows that there's like a Costco and a Walmart in that direction. So obviously those stores would have you know, cameras. So Uh they, you know, go out to look at the footage. And the main focus of looking through this footage was to find the vehicle and hopefully find the owner, you know, they need to identify this car. So when he looks at the footage from Costco around 1120 PM, when we know the car from Albertsons left the parking lot, he can be seen, he sees the same car drive by. Mm -hmm. So they don't know for sure, but they know that there was someone else in the car and it was most likely Ina. Mm. So then they look at the Walmart footage. And just after 11.20 p.m., he sees the same car moving across, like, multiple business, you know, all sharp shopping center. Yeah. All these business parking lots. So then he goes back to look at the footage of the Quality Inn. And the car stopped. So it's, like, all these businesses, you know, kind of, like, out by the shopping center where there's, like, the hotel and then there's Costco and all that. So it's, mm-hmm. like... Um, you know, I think most cities have that. And um, so in the parking lot footage of the Quality Inn, the car stopped and the lights went off. Nothing is seen from the car for two minutes. Then the taillights turn on and off. And it looked as if he had locked the doors from like, you know, as if you boop, boop, yeah. like, you know, lock the doors. So all this looked really suspicious. And now they're wondering if she was trapped inside the car in the parking lot. Hour and 15 minutes passes by with nobody leaving that car. So they know she must have been in that car because they can see two Mm -hmm. figures. And then it parks for all that time. Nobody leaves. It's all on video. They're just sitting there? So they can't really see anything. It's dark. Uh But they can see, you know, you can see whether or not a door opens or closes. So they can see the lights. It looks like, you know, the taillights. That's typical. You lock your car doors. Um, yeah, an hour and 15 minutes. So this is most likely the moment that Ina was raped and murdered inside of that car. And they're, oh, and they're like watching it essentially without seeing it. Yes, you can't see it. That's what I mean. But they know that's probably what happened. Oh, no. So then at 1235 a.m., the car starts up, lights turn on, and the car leaves going west. And it's clear 
this is the killer and they're looking for a place to dump her body. Mm-hmm. So November 10th, 2014, this is four days after the murder of Ina, the owner of the vehicle was identified. Mm. The driver's side front wheel was like really dark in color and the back driver's side wheel was brighter. So that was unique. There's also a chrome strip along the bottom of the car. And so Officer Boyd is on the search, uh, you know, for this car. They just put out, you know, be on the lookout, a bolo mm-hmm. for this car. Um, and he sees, uh, you know, just a few blocks away from the station, he sees the car. And so everything was like exactly the wheels, the chrome, everything. So he, you know, pulled over the driver, asked him if he had been at Albertsons on Thursday night. And he says no, and that he was working at the Quality Inn. Where he had stopped, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is obviously a huge red flag because, yeah, it's the parking lot that he parked. Mm-hmm. That's the car. But they followed this car. So it's like, it's not like he was just like, oh, I worked there, you know, mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. So Officer Boyd thought, you know, his answers were really strange. But, you know, they just needed to get more information. He couldn't just arrest him for like, oh, you drive this car. You know, yeah. they had to follow up. And so he took pictures of his car. The, you know, the guy agreed. Like, sure. And then he got his phone number, obviously, like a plate number and all that. Uh-huh. So then that's, you know, when the report comes in, the driver of the car is 53-year-old Basir Mohammed. And he actually has a, a history of sexual assault. Oh, no. He had been arrested on two rape charges in Arkansas in 1977, and he was convicted for one of those rapes. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a criminal history of burglary, theft, forgery, second degree escape, battery, and residential burglary. That's all? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and at the time of this, he was no- go like his name that he was going by was Billy Joe Dallas. Oh my god. Yeah, not Basir Muhammad. <laughs> Billy Joe Dallas. Billy Joe Dallas. Nice. So So detectives know that since Ina was, you know, sexually assaulted, he's gotta be their main suspect. It's mm-hmm. he's got the history of it and the car comes back to him. Yeah. Um so a warrant was obtained to um search his car and his cell phone. So they find him and take him in for questioning. And he tells detectives that he worked at the Quality Inn on Thursday mm-hmm. and that he clocked out at some time between 9.45 and 11. Okay. Kind of a big window. Like, you don't know when you left work. That's right. That's nine, dumb. That took me so I was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, wait, wait. 9.45 and 11. That's between like an 9.45 hour and, and 11. Yeah. What? Um, I'm going to so, damn well make sure I'm looking at my clock when I'm like, drinking clothes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you get off at 10, it's like you clock out, clock out at 10. Yeah. But it's like, if you get off at nine and if you're you like leave oh, work because you're being sneaky yeah so he claims that he just went home after work so they bring up the fact that you know albertson's has surveillance footage inside and outside of the store mm-hmm. and he's like oh i know that because i used to work for albertson's so he knows where to park the car because yeah. it... <sighs> sorry so <laughs> he says that he worked there for about a month and a half or, like, you know, about a month and a half or maybe two months ago. At, oh, okay. At Albertsons. Yeah. Like, so he worked there fairly recently. So this obviously connects him even more. Like you said, then he knows where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> he, of course, claims to not have anything to do with her and um, says that maybe he, you know, saw her once in the store. So then they confront him with the surveillance footage that they have that points to him potentially being with her. And he still denies any involvement. Yeah. Now, he worked at Albertson's where she disappeared. So detectives asked the store about him and found out that he had worked there as a janitor up until a week before 
her murder. So not one or two months ago. It was he had just worked there. And let's be real. Little old ladies tend to have a routine mm-hmm. of their grocery shopping. Probably weekly grocery shopping or twice a week grocery shopping mm. to get out of the house. And yeah. she does it late because it's whatever. I don't know. Yeah. She can't sleep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to pull footage from the time that he worked at Albertson's. And they search his car. And, of course, they find a ton of stuff. They find blood on the passenger seat, condoms in the trunk, as well as blue latex gloves and pornographic magazines. Gross. Ew. Who just killed? Yeah. Ew. But then even worse, there was also some KY jelly loop. Yeah. So these items point to the fact that he may have been trying to cover up some sort of attack, you know, with the gloves and the condoms and stuff. Yeah. It's really suspicious. So all evidence is collected. And then on November 12th, this is six days after her murder, surveillance footage of Basir Muhammad's last week working at the Albertson store comes in. Detectives can see that on October 30th, just one week before her murder, um, Basir is seen following Ina through the store to the exit. They are seen outside the store and on surveillance footage from the parking lot, he is seen trying to kiss her. She pulls away and... If everybody could see my face, I'm like, yeah, My face is like, ew, how rude. So she... You know, instinctively, like any woman would do, was guy trying to kiss you, like, Ugh. Yeah. like no. So she pulls away, and then she just walks away, like, Yo, I'm gonna get out of here. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh. I know. So it's always worse. It, it's always horrific. But when it's really old or really young, it's the absolute most unfair because they cannot protect themselves the same way. Yeah, yeah. I have gross it's, goosebumps. It's really I'm gross. So sad. Sorry. Yeah. And so she was pissed. She was like, it looked like she was yelling at him when she was walking <laughs> yeah. away. And I'm sure she probably said a few choice words, like any woman. Um, so obviously the shows. He lied. Mm-hmm. He did he tried to kiss her. Absolutely. What do you mean? Oh, maybe I saw her once or maybe twice. Maybe I saw her trying to in her mouth. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? So he's a liar. Like yeah. they are. So it doesn't take long for blood results from his car to come in, and it shows that blood was Ina's. It was all in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, her clothes and bags from Albertson's are never found. The detectives then look at the cell phone data and his phone records show that he was in the area where her body was dumped. It didn't take long for him to be arrested. So mm-hmm. this is what prosecutors say. So they say that on November 6th, Ina walked home. And as she started to walk home, she came upon Basir in the parking lot. They say that even though they had an uncomfortable encounter the week before, Ina decided to get a ride home. Maybe she was just really tired. And she was like, fine, this guy tried to kiss me, but maybe he'll give me a ride home. However, as we know, he decided to drive her to the back parking lot of the Quality Inn, and he violently assaulted her and then (laughs) strangled her. He then leaves the parking lot and heads towards Chestnut Beach, where he leaves her body. So he is charged with first-degree murder and first-degree rape, and his bond was set at $1 million. His DNA was clearly found under her finger. It was like trace mm. amounts. It was, it's enough. Her yeah, blood's in the car. It doesn't matter if you put on protection. No. We gonna get you now. Yeah. And um, his wife had actually called multiple times the night of the murder and the cell phone towers show like where he was moving around. Mm-hmm. More spe- specifically, he was pinged at the location of yeah. where her body was found. And so what the DNA found, the trace amounts of DNA found matching him, the DNA in her in his car that's hers mm-hmm. um you know it's he's the one who killed her so yeah. 
didn't take long for the jury to see that either. Mm-hmm. It was pretty straightforward. So Basir Muhammad was found guilty of the rape and murder of Ina Claire Richardson, and he was sentenced to 72 years in prison. Wow. He, of course, has tried to appeal, appeal, appeal you know, mm-hmm. how that goes all the mm-hmm. way up to the Supreme Court, and it was denied. And that's what I was reading when you were like, oh, what you doing? I'm like, there's so much more that, like, mm. I, you know, for the trial and all of that. But yeah. But yeah, he a tried lot of times to. We don't seem to get heavy into that because it's mm-hmm. like pretty simple. There's not really. I don't need to go over like everything the witness says unless something mm-hmm. is like really good. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, there was a witness that said that him that they knew that him and his wife didn't weren't having sex or whatever. So maybe it was like he wanted to go out and find it elsewhere. I don't know. But it's like uh, then, a little old lady, and then you kill her. She she fought back. Yeah. I can't even imagine. You probably expected, oh, she's old. She's not gonna. She's not going to. But her nails, her fingernails were broken. She fought back. And um, unfortunately, oh, just the thought just... of like clawing at somebody, like their clothing t- t- enough to like yeah. bend your, like, ooh, I bend yeah. my fingernails backwards all the time on accident and they don't break. So like that. Yeah. And I'm wondering what he even looked like because I couldn't find anything on that. There's oh, really yeah. not a whole lot on this like, out did there. Did she get his face? Or, like, yeah, um, did she? Yeah. There's not a whole lot of media coverage of this. Surprisingly, you know, even though there hadn't been a, a homicide in, you know, 14 years in that area, yeah. I couldn't find a they whole lot on it. They didn't sensationalize it? Not really. Um, because it was it was pretty quick within, you know, the first week they caught him. And mm-hmm. it was obvious that it was him. There's no other suspects he's seen on surveillance. And it's another one of those. I love these types of cases that get solved by surveillance yeah it's like you're being watched everywhere oh, yeah. and although it's kind of like eh, i don't mm-hmm. like that it's like it think of that yeah you think like about it then. that if you yeah. ain't got nothing to hide exactly <laughs> exactly what do you got to hide at the grocery store let them watch you in our um <clears throat> excuse me in our local I'm not sure about all of them. I actually don't go to a lot of Walmarts, but our local Walmart has the little, like, they have legit police in mm-hmm. the parking lot now because it's a really large shopping structure, yes. that shopping center that mm-hmm. we have. Um, a bunch of whole, a bunch of, a whole bunch of stores <laughs> and things like that. And yeah. there's also, like, a little doctor's office in that one area, too. And they're, like, huge pop-up, solar-paneled, battery-generated, like, so that there is zero possibility that the cameras will stop working. Yeah. And that is kind of the stop before, like, in that, the types of shopping centers where it's, like, the one mm-hmm. stop before you don't have a stop for a while. Exactly. You know, yeah. thing, so, so they definitely want to see every single mm-hmm. option. And because the, when the parking lot's that big. Yeah. Like, seriously, you just don't know what could be it's happening. like even the, the other Walmart um, over by where you used to live, like that yeah, that's the one I'm talking oh, oh, about. Oh, I was thinking the one like mm. going up the hill. Yeah, no, 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 that not one that too. One. Is it? See, uh-huh. that's what I'm saying. I haven't been to any of them. Yeah, because I was like, oh yeah, there's the dentist there, and uh-huh. the dentist office is right next that's to the donut funny. shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking it's like um an urgent care kind of facility. Oh yeah, no, this is the the other one, like in our city, mm-hmm. and um and it's like you know that last stop on the freeway before mm-hmm. you just go all the way, you know, up the hill. So. Yeah, that's the thing is like nowadays you're pretty much guaranteed that. Uh, if something like when we first moved in here, our neighbors had had a package and they were like, you have security cameras, right? And yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> but, do. but most people do. And, um, out in public in general now, like mm-hmm. most, especially like here where we live, it's very urban. Every building has one. Yeah. Every grocery and store has one. I like that. One. I like oh, that for sure. because, um, it's, it's 
assuring that like if anything were to happen i had a car accident anything if it's bad you can be like can you please look for my lawyer for the police you don't even have to show me um and that happened i needed surveillance for a time when i got cash back and i got home and i realized when i went to go get the money out i never got my hundred dollars cash back and so i went back to the store Mm -hmm. and i told them uh you know i took here's my receipt i got cash back but i the cashier never handed it to me Mm -hmm. and they were like okay hold on we're gonna review the footage oh yeah we see you never got it here's your hundred dollars yeah it's that simple Mm -hmm. otherwise they would have been like well sorry like you know we trust the cashier or not we didn't see that on the footage they never tell you you're wrong they won't say like it's not there because that's when people freak out be like sorry it wasn't on the footage like yeah there's nothing yeah so yeah, I I do. A thing my mom taught me, sorry, a thing my mom taught me because she used to work for a bank was that mm-hmm. if you're at the ATM to hold the money up in front, even though it's kind of dangerous, but you don't have to hold it like right up in front where the camera is, but to hold it if you think there's a problem and count it openly because then they can see on the footage, you can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't give me all my money for some freak occurrence. It did mm-hmm. not give me all my money or it gave me too much. And you want to be honest and you know whatever mm-hmm. it's so you can see that but i get it most people don't want to but a lot of the times like like my bank um the the one that i usually go to has the atm terminals are inside a double door mm-hmm. so you can only get in by swiping your debit card to get into the first term like the first the, mm-hmm. my brain is like the I foyer yeah, of the yeah. business and yeah, so I, I would if i really thought i was like you know really fast so uh-huh. that they can see for those things but yeah a lot of our life is under surveillance and i do understand that that is kind of weird but the reality is you want that if something happens oh, to absolutely. you or your loved one yeah you're going to be stopping at every single cafe and be like look something happened over here can mm-hmm. the footage check and see did you see it yeah i love it when there's footage but i really hate it where the cameras are there but the they weren't working and that's mm-hmm. frustrating those cases where it's like it oh, yeah. all happen right there and check them every day it's I know. important because I again know. like if you're a convenience store worker and someone is going to kill you don't you want to make sure the worker the worker the security footage is working for you yeah protect your business and mm-hmm. and your you know employees but yeah so in this case thankfully just with seeing a car in a parking lot and then hovering around for a weird yeah, amount of time in the back connecting all the dots with Ugh. with where he worked where he mm-hmm. used to work incident that happened and so it was pretty cut and dry and so i think that's why like when he's tried to appeal and they're like no i think and he, he tried to pe- appeal with the pinging of the phone and stuff mm-hmm. and how they found him with pinging the phone or whatever and it's just yeah. like well no like it's protected under you know the amendment mm-hmm. right i'm sure he tried to be like oh well <laughs> she had a i had a bloody nose in my car or she had a bloody nose uh-huh. in my car and she scratched because if you know if he wanted to throw that and he could be like oh i tried to kiss her and she scratched me and then left and yeah that's that's my i do th- believe there were trace amounts of dna and and inside of her so. oh gosh yeah. and that's the thing too is like uh, yeah you Okay, sorry, but like unless you're shaved bear, bald bear, a protection protection isn't gonna keep um, pubic hairs from falling off Mm-mm. of you or, you know what? You know. I know, I know, it's all gross, but <laughs> I know I'm we just, do crime, and I'm we just, I'm like I can't say that word. I know, it's gross I don't like it. it. I really don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. I'm just so glad for her family that it was fast. They oh, found yeah. the guy and it was cut. That and is dry, crazy. Really. It really was fast. Yeah. It was within like a week. It was mm-hmm. done. Here's your guy. He did it. And he could say he didn't do it, but I mean, DNA, yeah. his car, all this stuff, like it's, yeah. So anyways, well, with that, stay crafty and not cry me. Bye. Bye.